0: hello and welcome to the genesis church podcast we're so excited you decided to join us today all right now let's check out a recap of this past sunday's experience we hope you are blessed up this morning. Right, I'm Scott Hunter. and the lead pastor. If you're new here, I want to give you a little insight into who I am. So when I was in middle school, I got a locker for the first time. You know, it was that kind of cool thing where like you get your own little space in a place that doesn't want to make you feel like you belong, but you have a place where your things belong. So it's kind of like this homey little atmosphere. But then you got this thing called a combination lock that is hell on earth, right? So like you get this thing and I I would remember like freaking out because I had three minutes to change classes. And if I had to go either grab a different book or if it was get to lunch on time, because we got in trouble if we weren't in our place, right? And so I would go there and like, you have to like figure this thing out, right? You have to spin it to the right and then you got to bypass the second number for some stupid reason and then land on it and then get back to this. And if you mess up, then guess what? It doesn't work and you got to start over again, right? So I'd have like total panic attacks that I could not get into my locker and get to my place where I'm supposed to be. So I, I want to relate that to you and I want you to, to kind of hold this thought in your mind because today we're starting a three-week series called Combination 743, all which is about the numerology of God. So why do... Certain numbers repeat themselves in scriptures. Have you ever thought about this? Anybody ever like, been like, why, Lord, do you love this number seven or one or 40? All right. so my goal through this process of the next three weeks in this series is to explain why, and here's my hope. My intention is to reveal God's consistent use of numbers, and by doing so, we'll understand a little bit more of his ways, a little bit more of his mind, and just a little bit more of his heart. And I pray that it will unlock something inside of you. And each week we're gonna get a different combo. And then maybe, just maybe, as just like at the time where I got this and I, and, and, and I got it unlocked and my anxiety went down, I pray that your anxiety will go down about who God is as your faith in him begins to grow up today I pray that you will open up to what God has to say because I really do believe that we have a message here for all of us to learn that as we talk about why God does what he does and about maybe why he's so calculated or why he's so detail-oriented or precise, that you will understand that there's intentionality behind everything that he does. All of this will help us to understand the mind of God. The ultimate goal is if you unlock the combination to understand God, then maybe you just might make more room for him in your life. So let's talk about these numbers game, all right? One, one is the number of God. He is one, he is only, he is unique. He is the one and only God. He is the one and only way to heaven. That is the son, Jesus Christ. We learn that in John 14, six, where God says through Jesus, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Nobody comes to the father except through me. God has this obsession with threes. You ever notice that? Three, of course, because it's the Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are three, yet one, right? Each with a distinct personality, yet they are one. You also hear about it when Jonah, how many days was he in the whale? Three, three. thank you very much. Uh, the resurrection from birth, or sorry, from, from death to resurrection with Jesus, three days, right? So you start seeing these three as signals, a signal of completion of a particular task or event, and we'll look at threes, then we're gonna sum up this series with a look at fours and tens, right? So you, you gotta understand that four and 10 also means completeness, but they're not tied to time. So it's not this time thing that you're, there are four wins. Uh, if you look at the Bible, there are four letters that spell the name of God, Yahweh. There are four gospel accounts about the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then you look at 10, there are 10 commandments, right? Then there are 10 plagues that, you know, God set at Pharaoh to let the people of his children go. And then you get 10 times four, which equals, some of y'all know math, very good. Some of y'all still be like, I need another cup of coffee, all right? Listen, 40 is how history is recorded, how it is measured in scripture. 40 is the length of a generation, So we're going to look at the genealogies and the rules of various kings. But all these numbers, meaning completion, none of them are as pivotal as the number seven. Seven is at the highest place of God. So in this today, I want to reveal something out of my locker for you. And just to prove that seven is the righteous and holy number. It is attached to a Cincinnati Reds jersey. Oh, I'm about to shout. Listen, I believe that is a prophecy saying that we're going to get the last spot in a wild card. That's, that's all I got to say about that. Amen. All right. Real serious? I don't know. Maybe. Listen. All right. Let's come back to reality. Um, so seven, what does it mean? It means perfectly fulfilled. It's the most sacred number to the Hebrew people. Seven is used more than all the other numbers except one in scripture. Seven is found 763 times in the Bible. So I think that number might mean something to the Lord. So we're going to explore that because seven symbolizes spiritual perfection. All of life revolves around this number, right? You are here. I am here. We are part of the created process that God did. And it stands for the seven days of the creation week in Leviticus chapter 23, we see that seven is connected to the Sabbath, the day of rest. It is required by Levitical law for all of those Jews to stop and to worship God. And so we still do this. We take our seventh day of our week and we rest. We worship together on Sundays. So surprise, you're the object lesson today. Listen, check this out. In the book of Revelation, which is found in our new G group study, by the way, um, in Revelation, the number seven is found every where? There are seven churches, seven spirits, seven stars, seven seals that are come from scrolls, not ooh, 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 those kinds of seals. Listen, seven trumpets, seven vials, seven personages, seven dooms, and seven new things that God creates. That's 63 sevens just in the book of Revelation. So now I'm gonna preach on all 63 of them. Buckle up, we're gonna be here for about two hours, okay? Psych, I'm totally kidding. Listen, I am a fast talker and I am not long-winded. You will learn that. But if you're a new guest, just relax. What I wanna do right now is just kind of take you through what I think is like the most important seven reference in all of scripture. And we're gonna dive into this one thing today. Jesus spoke seven times on the cross. And on the seventh time that he spoke, he said this, it is finished. So go with me in John chapter 19, starting verse 28. And the Bible says, this. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. Why did he say this? God has always calculated. He was most likely going through his mind, remembering every single prophetic utterance that had ever been made in the Old Testament, realizing that the book of Psalm 69, 21, had not yet been finished. He, that prophesied that Jesus would drink vinegar for his drink. He spoke out and said, I am thirsty, with the last little bit of breath. He has in his lungs. And then God fulfilled the last prophecy in verse 29. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it. And then on the stalk of his plant, they lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, the seventh of his statements on the cross was uttered out loud. Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed and he gave up his spirit. Now, when Jesus said it's finished, it was actually, I'm barely gonna sit down today. I'm a little excited. It comes down to this one word. This phrase is down to one word in the Greek. Tetelestai. Everybody say, tetelestai. "Tetelestai." Come on. It can be translated in these three ways. One, to end. Two, to complete. And three, pay off a debt. The Bible shows us that Jesus, all-knowing, knew that this moment, everything was complete. He said to the Lord, that is my victory, to Tetelestai, it is finished, my mission is done. So we look at these words in one of three ways in the life of Jesus. One of this is, is a word, and, and it really is referring to how a servant would return to his or her master and say, "To Tetelestai, I have finished the project that you told me to do. I have finished your work. In a second way, when a merchant would put a stamp on a piece of paper, it would signify that this debt has been paid in full. To tell a it's complete. You owe nothing more. In a third way, when someone would bring a sacrificial lamb, right, or, or bring a sacrifice before a priest, the priest would be the one who would inspect that and look at that animal and say, yes, this animal does not have a, does not have even a blemish. This animal is worthy to be sacrificed. It is perfect. Jesus on the cross, knowing that all had been complete, said to tell us, Diet is finished. What was finished? Let me tell you what was finished. The perfect work of Jesus Christ was finished. The servant returning to his master, saying, I have finished the work that you sent me to this earth to accomplish. It is finished. The perfect work of Jesus Christ was finished. He was saying, now the debt that all of us owe has been paid in full. There is nothing left. My blood has blotted out the sin, has paid by the shedding of my blood to trade your life (laughs) with mine. I traded my life for yours, for the wages of sin that is equal to death. I took it from you. I paid that wage for you. You owe nothing more to Telestai. The perfect work of Jesus was finished. He said, I am the lamb slain before the foundation of this world. I am the plan that always existed. I am the sinless, perfect, spotless lamb. Nothing more ever needs to be added. Sacrifices are over. I am the final one. It is finished. So now when you place your faith in the perfect work of Jesus Christ to Stella's us high, it is a cry of victory. It is finished. You get salvation. You get freedom. You get forgiveness. And to boot, you get eternal life so that you might live and be with him forever and ever and ever. Can I get an amen? <sighs> Breathe. Okay. Sorry. i get a little excited from time to time. Now, listen, imagine this. Okay. Jesus showed up and did everything, everything that the Father sent him to do. But you have not. You still have some unfinished work, some unfinished business to do. And so do I. In fact, as long as we have breath in our lungs, we have unfinished business. So the key thought for you today is you have unfinished business. You want to take a picture of that? Go right ahead. I'll pose. You got unfinished business. Listen, as long as you are alive, dude, God still has plans for you. Do you understand that? That Jeremiah 29, 11 is so very true that their plans to prosper you. They are not to harm you. Their plans to give you a hope and a future. God's good and pleasing and perfect will has been planned out for you. So you, my friend, you still got some unfinished business. Let me share a little story with you and and you might make this or let this make sense in your mind on how it lives out practically in our lives about unfinished business. One time I bought a blow up boat raft for me and my children to get into the ocean. And I started blowing this thing up with one of those electric pumps and I hear, I'm like, oh no, brand new, stupid float. It has a hole in it. So I find that dumb hole and I do the dad fix. What do I put on it? Duct tape, you're welcome, you're right, listen. There was a patch in the box, but I was like, dude, it's like time and it's gotta be like heated up and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, duct tape, slap. We go down the ocean, I hear the psss, And all of a sudden that little tiny hole went pss, really big hole. And uh, bad call, dad, we got in the ocean, so duct tape's not waterproof. And that large hole on the way to the boat, the tape popped and we dropped, it was bad. Um, so we got all this rubber around us and we're all trying to float and trying to drag my kids back to the, the beach, but that's what happens when you got a, a large issue because of unfinished business. That stupid patch had to go on the boat. Many of you have some unfinished business in your life right now. It's starting off as a small issue, but if you don't deal with it quickly and in the right way, with the right tool, with integrity, it, became, it can be this like enormous, Problem and you'll be sinking fast. You have unfinished business in your life, and I believe that God's going to call some of us out today to address in our lives what is unfinished. So let the Word of God unlock His truth to you this morning. See, Jesus was talking to the church of Sardis in Revelation, and He said this in Revelation 3 1 through 2, He said, I know your deeds, you got a reputation. You have a reputation of what? He said, what? Of being alive. But you are what? Dead. Wow. In other words, your reputation in our lives, you might look like you have a really good marriage, right? On the outside, people might look at you and say, man, that's a great happy couple. And they just got it together. I want to be like them. But you know, in your heart, there's no real intimacy between you and your spouse. You have a reputation of being alive, but in fact, you're actually dead. Others of you, let's talk about finances. Some people look at you and you're like, dude, you got a nice car, nice house. You got a reputation for being financially strong, but the truth of the matter is you're being strangled by financial debt and you're miserable. Spiritually speaking, some of you might have people that look at you at work right? And they look at you and they're like, dude, that person has got it all together. They're in relationship with God. They go to you for advice, but you know, deep down in your heart, your relationship with God is flat. You've quit reading your Bible. You quit showing up to your G group. You pray when it's emergency case only, right? And your relationship is actually dead. That's not intimacy with God. That's just using God as as an emergency call number. You need to be in his presence. Jesus said this, you have a reputation for being alive, but you're dead. Verse two, this is what he says. Wake up. Everybody say, wake up. up. This side over here, say, wake up. up. All right, good, and now do that. All right, listen. (laughs) Strengthen what remains that is about to die. What a powerful statement. Strengthen what you got left, he says, for I have not found your deeds complete to tell us die in the sight of my God. You got some unfinished business, wake up. Strengthen what is left. The problem may be small today, but I'm telling you over time, that hole is gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's gonna get enormous. And God got you here today to fix it, to stop the boat from sinking. You have some unfinished business and God wants to help you complete the task. Here's what the apostle Paul said. Acts 20:24. 20, he said, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus Christ has given me. The task of what? Testifying to the good news of God's grace. What has God done in your life? Share it, give it away. That's what I'm supposed to do because why? My life is not done yet, so I am not finished yet. I have some unfinished business and so do you. But what is it that God is unlocking in you right now? I want you to think right now, like I really want you to identify in yourself right now, what is some unfinished business that I have? And if you still have breath in you, I hope you do because otherwise we're calling 911. If you've got breath, you've got unfinished business. You might've come in here dragging, I don't even know why I'm saying this, not on my notes. Young lady, God, is not through with you yet. Don't you throw away your life. You got some unfinished business in this world. For example, some of you would say, Scott, yeah, I'm kind of committed here. Genesis is my home. This is my church home, but maybe you've got some unfinished business. I ask you, if this is your place of business, then I'm asking you to be part of the church. Next week, we have Access 101. It's a membership class, but it's also just a get to know you class. It is how do I plug into Genesis? It is what Genesis is about. It is one of the funnest things that we do. We share our stories, we have fun with you, we play games. You will see my crazy and insane personality. It's one-on-one time with us and the pastor and the staff and some directors from our church, plug in. If you say that I need my church home and, and I need to, to plug in and get some business finished, then you need to get into a G group, a small group, an intimate fellowship group. Listen, you cannot have a church this size and think that you know everybody, it's really easy to come in here and then go out of here and not talk to anybody except the greeters at the door if you, if you want to be that way. If you don't get connected to a smaller group, I promise you, you're gonna feel disconnected from the body of Christ. Maybe this is your church. Maybe this is your kind of church and you're here just kind of observing. That's okay for a while. But like, I, I will call you a Genesis customer, meaning that, you know, God calls you back here to kind of get your life back together. But after a while, you gotta stop consuming all the time and start serving here. It's okay for a bit, but I'm telling you, God's got something in you for you to give away to this world. Hmm. And if you're just consuming and not participating fully, then you've got some unfinished business. God wants to use the gifts that he's given you to minister to some of these kids. We have a ton of kids in foster care that come to this church. You might be the only mom or dad they ever get. Or our students or our outreach ministry that just launched this Thursday. It was awesome and off the chain, like literally packed. Or special needs ministry or maybe first impressions or working in the cafe. Check a connect card and we'll get you plugged in because I think that Serving, man, allows you to, to live out the way that God has called you to live out because he put that in you for you to go and give and serve and change this world in his name, for his name, for his glory. And if you're not using it, then what are you doing? You're just consuming. You're just a customer shopper at church. Maybe you're, <laughs> maybe your unfinished business is physical. You're not eating right. You're not exercising right. And God is calling you to get in shape. This is me, okay? I had, 11, 12, 13 surgeries in one year. Okay. So that gained a lot of weight because I laid in bed and a lot of you brought me food and I was like, nom, 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 kick. Right. (laughs) And you're like, Dunkin' Donuts, this and it's a pastor Scott's house. And so I ate the whole dozen by myself watching TV and crying. Um, And now, you know, I lost 25 pounds, but I'm like, oh, I've been moving. I've been working around a lot. And now I don't care what I eat. And Uh, I don't sleep and I eat stress for breakfast with a side of donuts. Um, And I'm like, I need to join the gym, but I ain't. Ah, No, I'm not done that yet. Listen, our bodies are the temple of God. And my kids need me around. My kids don't need me around as in a shape Um, because I need to live and make sure that I am here providing for them, taking care of them, taking care of my spouse, taking care of you. So I got some unfinished business. We got some unfinished business. I know it's hard. That's why I'm wearing this jacket to cover up all these rolls that are hanging over my back of my pants. Listen, it's all doable with Jesus. The hardest thing in life. It is, right? All things are possible with him. But maybe you got some unfinished business. But maybe it's financially. Maybe it's time for you to seek God and plug that hole in your boat, right? And to stop sinking and honor him with some biblical plan for resources, the resource that he has given to you, that he is trusting to you. Maybe you made a commitment at one point to tithe. You want financial blessing. You do money God's way and God will pour out a blessing that you won't even be able to contain. And I promise you that you got good intentions, right? But where's the follow through? Maybe your marriage is suffering. It's easy to point fingers at your spouse but maybe instead of criticizing, maybe you drop to your knees and you get alone in the presence of God and you repent and you let the spirit of God to correct your heart and all the things that you're doing that's not helping. Or maybe you got that reputation to being in lie, but really, in fact, you're dead and you're just faking and you're just fronting and you're just pretending. You're playing church. And God is calling you to be who he's called you to be. And maybe you keep seeing the same need over and over and over and you're not meeting that need. Or maybe you haven't a, obeyed the voice of God and God's like, join the new Genesis Outreach team, get in Hope Florida team, go serve some kids, keep them getting from pulled out of their homes and and, and work with DCF. Or maybe it's just a person in your life that you desperately need to share your story with, but you're not doing it because you don't feel the need because God is not working in your life like he used to. He's not stirring your heart like he used to because you're not in the presence of God like you. So you got unfinished business. So identify your unfinished business and just let the presence of the Lord speak to you about finishing strong. Jesus knowing that all was complete, to tell us, die. it is finished. So how do we finish strong? The Bible teaches us two principles. It's so gonna teach on and then I'm gonna wrap this thing up. Here are two thoughts that I'm gonna leave you with today and and we're gonna break this down. The first thing, to finish strong, God's word teaches us to commit to a finishing decision. Commit to a finishing decision. One of the problems today that people wrestle with is being indecisive, right? Why is being decisive so important? Because we make our decisions and our decisions make us, period. You are who you are today because of the decisions that you made yesterday. And you will be who you are tomorrow because of the decisions you're making now and the rest of this day. Let me remind you too that indecision is still a decision. Or decision to not do anything at all, that's a decision too and that's how sadly many people live their lives today they're like I'm just overwhelmed so I'm just not going to do anything. But the Lord says commit to a finishing decision. Jesus illustrated this in a parable. He liked to tell stories and I like to tell stories and so I love this. Luke 14, 28, 30, Jesus said, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation, puts a couple rocks down and he's not able to finish it and everyone sees him is gonna ridicule him saying this fellow began to build a tower and he was not able to finish it. What do you think that's saying? What do you need to do? Seek God, seek wise counsel, Listen to those who you, who you trust that are biblically sound. You seek God and you seek his word. And when you hear from him, you make a commitment. You make a decision. It is finished. How does this apply? Remember, God gives you two ends. This one and this one, right? With this one, we think, we pray, we seek him. This one, what are we doing? Sitting on it. Head you win, tails you lose. Get up and move commit to a finishing decision. Jesus did it when he was in the garden of Gethsemane. He was facing the cross and in Matthew 26, 39 it says, going a little farther he fell to his face on the ground and prayed my father, if it is possible take this cup of suffering that I'm about to endure and take it from me but not as I will but as you will. What what did he do in that moment? He's praying and then like boom it hits him. I will do whatever the father has sent me to do. Your will, not mine. What he was doing in this moment, he was making a decision that it doesn't matter how bad this torture is going to be, how much ridicule I'm going to face, I'm going to move forward with the plan. The finishing decision, no turning back. Your will be done, not mine. Tomorrow is 9-11. 11 You and I never need to forget that feeling of what it felt like to feel attacked. I lived in New York City with my wife on September 11th in 2001. She was working at New York Life. I was an actor and I worked during the day as a temp in different places all over the place when I wasn't in rehearsal or an audition. And we lived through the nightmare of 9-11 firsthand. Like I watched the towers fall and I got kicked out of my building with everybody else in New York City There were no cars, it was just people flooding the streets. And I walked dozens and dozens and dozens of blocks and miles to get to my wife. And I called her right before I left my building and I said, don't you move, stand outside your building. I'm coming to find you. And we went through all those streets that day. And these are the pictures that I took because you didn't have phones on your cameras back in the day, they were just phones. And I went and got a disposable little camera before they shut everything down across the street. And I snapped these picture because I knew I was never going to need to forget this moment in time. How I didn't grasp that the Lord was going to use this to flip my life, I don't know. A few weeks later, I was sitting in the Brooklyn Tabernacle. And the pastor just stops the message in the middle of it. And he looks up and he points up at me sitting in like the third balcony because it's a huge church. He says, what are you waiting for? Someone's supposed to be in the full-time ministry. The time is now. And my wife looks at me and I look at her and we knew. And in fact, she says, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. And I would not be here today. You would not be sitting here today if I had not committed to making a finishing decision. I decided I was done with all the other stuff and I was going to pursue God and pursue a job in the ministry. We just wouldn't be here right now. Now do you see how big obedience to God is? Not only does it affect me, it affects the ones that I love, but it affects you. And it's affected hundreds and thousands of people for the last 20 years of Genesis Church because I helped start this thing, baby. You have unfinished business but a finishing decision is required. It motivates you to endure short-term pain for a long-term gain. Do you not think that there has been times of suffering and just horrible things that I've endured through ministry to make sure that I know that we are still supposed to be here today fighting against the enemy, taking the city for Jesus' name and changing the entire world? Yes! But it takes that finishing decision saying, I don't care what you throw at me. I am the Lord's and we are his and we will keep marching forward because we got unfinished business. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates our perfect faith. I love Hebrews 12 too. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame, disregarding its embarrassment, disregarding its hatred. It's unfair, ridiculous, torture. He was perfect and did nothing wrong. But now he's seated at the place of honor besides God's throne, at the right hand of the Father. The joy is, the joy awaiting him, you. Do you not think he saw your face while he was on the cross? (laughs) He endured the short-term pain to save you. So one, follow Christ's example. Got to make that commitment. Just, this is what it's going to be. Finishing decision. Here we go. And then number two, execute finishing actions. Look what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 8, 11. Now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning, when you were on fire, when God like lit you up, right? Let it be matched by your giving, give in proportion to what you have. What is he saying? He says, don't just hope to do it. Execute. Take some forward steps. Take a, a step in that direction, right? God has been calling you to do something, then take a step in the direction. Finish the work. Tetestai. Tetestai, like I love it. Make this your seven kind of moment. God's calling you to a commitment. Then he wants you to execute. Take those baby steps, baby. Just keep moving forward. Every little step, guess what? It keeps getting you further and further and further along. You might not know the road that is ahead of you, but I am telling you, if you will trust God and you will keep moving in the direction that he is pulling you in, you will get a greater result and you will look back and you're like, man, I went all the way down that road. Yeah, that's how that works. Because you commit and you make an execution. You keep taking steps. And then here's the biggest thing. Don't give up. Oh, how easy it is to give up and throw the towel. But I remember... How many people have seen the movie, The Passion? Like it's super old, right? But it is like so ingrained in my memory that I, like, I would love to forget some parts, but I cannot. Like when they were beating Jesus with the cat of nine tails and it's like just ripping off his flesh and then it gets stuck in a side and it just rips everything away. And I was, I was literally sobbing in the theater and I felt sick. And there's a point where Jesus gets hit so hard that it takes his breath and it knocks him to the ground and he's just laying there. And in my mind, I'm just thinking, don't get up. Just stay down, Jesus, stay down. And you know what he does? He gets up by the strength and the power of God to tell us die. You know why? Because it was not finished. And he says, I'm gonna finish the race. I'm gonna finish what I came here to do. I'm going to pay off your debt and I'm going to give you life and forgiveness and freedom on the death of the cross because he knew what his mission was because he was slain before the foundation of the earth. <laughs> He stood back up off that ground to finish the work. Some of you have fallen down. Maybe you've been down for years. I don't know. But I pray that resurrection power that's still in you. Maybe you gave your heart to the Lord as a little kid. You just got to reconnect that God will just move on the inside of right now and just get you up to fight another day. Just say to your spiritual enemy, this is not over. I will finish the race. I will complete the task that the Lord has given me. Some of you have some unfinished business. We all have something. Jesus, he, he finished the work for you and he's unlocking this message for you today so that you will just Do the same, that you will take your seven kind of moments, that you will live your life committing to finishing a decision. And now the Lord's saying to you, it's time to execute. Let's go to Telestai, hallelujah. Lord, I love you. And I thank you that you are a real God, that you hear us, Lord. And Lord, that everything that you do is intentional. Everything that you do, Lord, has purpose. Everything, God, that you do is ordained. And so, Lord, in this moment, I pray for those that are just sitting in this room and they are wrestling, God, with who they are in the light of who you are. God, that they will just stop running. They'll just stop fighting. God, they'll make a commitment of a decision, Lord, today that will rock their life, that will change the way that they operate in this world. Maybe it's you right now. Maybe you've been running from God. You're just tired of it. You're tired of living your own life and running around in circles and not having a purpose for why you're here. And God's just saying, stop. I'm everything you need. I've already died for you. All you have to do is accept the free gift of grace. Let me have your life. Let me change your life. If you've been running this is your moment. If you have never accepted Christ as your personal friend and savior, this is your day too. If that's you, either case, just slip up your hand and look at me. Just let me eye contact. There's one. I know there's somebody else out here. There's two. Maybe that's you online today. I'm telling you, the same spirit of God that's in this room, man, just wants, wants to invade to where you're at. (laughs) Same spirit of God is not bound by any kind of building that we're in. And he's urging your heart just to just pause and say, God, I need you. I'm gonna stop wasting my life. God, I, I want you in my life. And if that's you, just type in the chat box, I choose Jesus. And I want you to pray the same prayer that we're praying right now in this room. And if you will take these words and you will mean them in your your heart or say them in your own way, it doesn't matter. God is going to come into your life, the power of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus is going to take the lead in your life and you will be saved. Just say, Jesus, I need you right now. Come into my life. Jesus, we awaken my life. Hit the reset button. Make me clean. Make me new. Make me yours. I believe you are who you say you are. That you are the son of the living God. That you died and you rose again for me. And from this moment, I choose you to be my personal friend, and Savior for the rest of my life. Now lead me, Lord. Use my life. For I'm gonna serve you from this day forward until I get to see you face to face in heaven in Jesus. All right, thank you for joining us here at the Genesis Church Podcast. Remember, you can join us every Sunday at 1031 a.m. on all social media platforms. You can also join us in person every Sunday at 1031 right here at 4070 Mission Road in Tallahassee. God bless you and have a great day.